Just for that one. We thank you for translating us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We thank you for delivering us from slavery into royalty. We thank you for delivering us from the bondage of fear into the realm of liberty. We thank you for taking our ashes. We thank you for taking our poverty. We thank you for taking our disgrace, our rejection. We thank you for taking our sickness. And we thank you that in Christ Jesus we are more than conquerors. Most importantly, we thank you that we can call you our Father, and that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. Uh, we thank God for this opportunity He has given us for counting us worthy. To see another 24 hours, and He has sent us on a mission to do the work of Him who has sent us. While it is day, because the night season of our life is fast approaching, where we will not be able to work. We are continuing, hopefully, with the last episode of the study we have been doing, the character study we have been doing on Joseph, the man God chose. And last week I made mention that. We are talking about Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, and we wanted to peruse why did God choose him to be the one to be betrothed to Mary. Hopefully, another time we will do why Mary. Why did God choose Mary? There must be something special about the two of them that made God choose them. And last week we looked at five. The topic is ten things to learn from the man God chose. But you know that <laughs> every day when you look into the word, you learn something. And so far, we have six points, but don't worry. The title still remains ten things to learn, even though we might look at eleven. So just a brief recap: we looked at the fact that both Joseph and Mary came from a prophetic line. Oh, I think let's read the scripture first. Matthew one, sorry, the verse sixteen to the end. It contains bulk of what Joseph did. And Jacob became Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are fourteen generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are fourteen generations. The generation of fourteen. I hope you will be interested in studying it one day on your own. I pray that God gives us insight into it. Verse eighteen. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise, when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away or privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife." For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she being brought forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, 
for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that might be fulfilled which was spoken of the law by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. May God bless the reading of the word. What a sweet passage to read. So last week we look at the fact that no matter how on point Joseph would have been, if he did not come from this prophetic line, the line of Abraham, the line of David, he would not have qualified. So that is the starting point of all this thing, that he must have come from this prophetic line. So God was looking through the line of David, through a particular genealogy, looking for a man that had certain attributes that he could choose. So the first thing is that you must be in God's basket. And we emphasize that Jesus is the basket of God's choice. When God wants to pick a clothes to wear, he has a wardrobe he calls Jesus and anybody found in him qualifies. So that is the starting point. Then we look at the fact that God didn't just choose him because he was in a prophetic line, but God looked out for certain things. Number two, he respected institutions that were ordained by God. He respected the institutions and he respected the rules of engagement. And in this case, we are talking about marriage. Then we look at the fact that he was a just man. He gave, he dealt with each or everyone what is due him. He was not somebody who was moved by emotions or moved by whatever thing. But if he gives you what is due you, and Jesus gave a parable about a man who had a vineyard and he called out some people to come and work and he gave them and they agreed on a particular amount. Then he went out again, I think about three or four times. And a group came almost an hour when they're about to end work and he gave them the same amount of money. And the group that came first were angry. That's why are you giving us this amount when you are giving those who also work for one hour the same amount? And Jesus, or the parable, the man said that, oh, was this not the amount you agreed on? He said, yes. So then why are you angry? Why are you concerned about what is going on in someone else's life? You agreed to come and do this work for, let's say, 100 Ghana cities. Haven't I given what is due you? He said, yes. So many a times we get angry about our situation just because we look across the neighbor to see what the neighbor is getting and we think we deserve it. God will give you what is due you. And be a just employer. Be a just employee. If you are working in a place and you are supposed to give them eight hours of your time each day, give them what is due. Then the next thing we looked about the fact that he did not expose men. He was not someone who was seeking to always unravel and expose people, always bring people to shame, always bring people to disrepute. And as I said, in our generation, he would not have been a social media person. So, you know, sometimes we can see our stories in a very interesting way, anonymously, as though it would make any better. But we are used to talking to strangers when we have not spoken to God. We are used to seeking counsel from people who can't even fix their own life. When the man who created their, created everything, seen or unseen, is right by you, waiting for you to consult him. Then we looked at the fact that Joseph was a man of good descendants. That was the fifth point, if I'm right in that order. And we are continuing with the sixth point, which is found in the verse number 20. But while he thought on these things, but while he thought on these things, Joseph was someone that gives himself to thinking. But before that, this story reveals something interesting. You know, 
The Bible is so wonderful and so exhaustive and so detailed, it transcends generation. In a sense that, you know, this passage answers the question, if for some reason <laughs> God decides to show you brother A or sister A as your future spouse, maybe you are, you are a mama in the choir, you have seen a papa in a prayer group, and for some reason God decides to come to your room and say brother A is the one for you, are you supposed to approach brother A or are you supposed to approach sister B and say, hello, sister, I had a dream and God said that you are the one. But this passage answers that question. Look at what Mary did. Mary did not play any part in convincing Joseph that the child she was carrying was of the Holy Ghost. So the same angel that visited Mary was the same angel that visited Joseph. I take it again. The same angel that gave Mary that highly favored woman was the same angel that came to visit Joseph. So if God came to give you a dream or a prophecy or whatever communication that this beautiful lady you are seeing around is the one for you, please do not go and say, God says you are my wife. You can make a step to befriend her and allow the same God who spoke to you to also speak to her. I don't think it's wise to bear and say, sister, that says the Lord. And there's a very common example, I think, Reverend Kenneth Hagin, those days to call him Brother Ken a brother Hagen used to give or give, if I'm correct. But there was a brother in the Bible school who everybody in the Bible school could see that he was the next big thing in town. And he was a very caring guy. He was helping people. And there were these three ladies that he was helping to pass as in, in their studies. Then graduation day, Sister A came and said, Hello, brother. The Lord says, You are my husband. The man of God just said, Oh, wow, okay. Well noted. <laughs> The same graduation day, Sister B came and said, Hey, brother, I have a message from the Lord to you that you are my husband. And as you can tell, the third lady also came and said, Hey, brother, thou sayest the Lord, the Lord who changeth not. Thou art my bone of my bone. And as you can obviously tell, I don't think God told three women that one man was their husband. <laughs> and obviously, the man did not marry did not marry any of the three of them. He went for someone else. So many a times when it comes to the issues of love, please, if God has spoken to you, be like Mary. Conceive these things in your heart. Make the move and be friends or whatever process <laughs> your culture you do. But please don't go and tell the person that God says, allow the same angel Gabriel who visited you to also visit Joseph. So this one is free visits. So let's go back. Joseph was a man that gave himself to thinking. But while Joseph thought on these things, and see, many of us don't think when we have situations like this. Many of us, immediately your fiancé or your beloved tell you that a spirit came to impregnate me. Can you imagine how angry you have gone to do that thing? Just come and say, oh, brother. An era where God was silent for a long time. Not even John the Baptist was on the scene, at least to awaken them to the consciousness of God. The last time God publicly moved was about 400 years ago in the days of Malachi. And they knew very little about this being, or they knew close to nothing about this being called God, Yahweh, at that time. Talk less more of the Holy Spirit. And you come and tell me that a spirit... <laughs> oh, that's the reason why God chose Joseph. He's the only person who could believe such a story. But when Joseph heard this story, look at the way he responded. 
He didn't go to Twitter. He didn't go to Instagram. He didn't go to his boys' boys. He didn't make a call. He didn't send a WhatsApp message. He didn't get angry. He didn't react in a way almost all of us would have reacted. The Bible said he thought on these things. Learn to be a thinker. Learn to be somebody who gives himself to thoughts. Because it is in such moments, just as Joseph, the Bible said, and while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Sweetheart, before you choose brother A, or before you choose sister B, learn to think. Don't look at life on surface value. Don't be superficial in your thinking. Learn to be a deep thinker. Learn to consider things thoughtfully. The psalmist says that my heart is indicted, a good matter. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So David was letting us know that in his heart he was contemplating on things. He was somebody who was giving to meditation. He was somebody who was giving to thinking about life and about the word of God. The reason why many of us don't get revelations or insights into the word of God is because immediately we read a sentence or we read a verse or we read a portion. We just close our Bibles and we are up on our phone sending tweets or posting something or going about our business. We are not given to thinking. And when we become deep thinkers, when we consider things, you would realize that behold, an answer would come. We must be the Aristotles of our generation. And I like that guy so much. There's almost every subject in this world. You will find that guy inside Aristotle. If my, my memory says me right, he's called a great thinker. I think in biology, he's there. In evolution is there. I think in governance is there. In democracy, almost every major subject. And I, please, technology is not part because at that time there was no technology. But I think the galaxies, the universe, Aristotle was there. And you know, this they would just they would just sit and just start thinking about the world. Learn to be a thinker because it is in such moment that you create the atmosphere for a behold. And you see, the reason why most people commit fornication is because they don't think about the act. What do I mean? Proverbs 6 verse 32. Let's see what the Bible has to tell us. Proverbs 6 verse 32. It says that, but whosoever committed adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He that doeth this destroys his own soul. The writer is telling us that anybody who engages in this act, there's a particular understanding that you don't have. That is why you do that. And the only way you have that understanding is if you think about what is going on. If you think about the activity, think about it. But because many of us are emotion-driven, we take so many irrational decisions in life. We take so many peer pressure influence decisions in life. We take so many societal influence decisions in life. We take so many trends decisions in life. It's so fascinating that many of us, the choices in which we, or the, the parameters in which we could look out for in choosing a spouse, you will be amazed. Hmm. Learn to be a thinker. Learn to be a Christian Aristotle. Learn to think about the word of God. Learn to have times where you'll be pondering about things, pondering about situations. If you're having two or three guys that you don't know who to choose, learn to be a thinker. And you realize that the answer is right before you. 
Sometimes some people can come to me and say, oh, brother, A is this, brother, this. And they present to me three guys. And in my head, I know that there's only one guy who is correct. But sometimes, because the lady is so carried away by her emotions or carried away by superficial things, her judgment is clouded. Therefore, she's not able to see the right answer that is right before her. While Joseph thought of these things. And no wonder God chose Joseph. Because for many of us, if we're in Joseph's shoes, and even in our current dispensation, with all the knowledge we know, imagine your fiancé comes to tell that a, a spirit came to impregnate me. Please, I would like to know your response. How would you respond to that situation? That you have sent out your wedding invites. You have done your shopping. Your wedding calendars. The venue is set. Then your wife one day, or your wife to be just, you know, honey, I have an information for you. I am pregnant. <laughs> I don't even think you allow Mary to say that I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. By the time she says, I am pregnant. <laughs> That's the end of it. Learn to be a thinker. The next reason that made Joseph so special is in the same verse, the verse 20. While he thought on these things, behold, an angel appeared to him in a dream saying, the next thing about Joseph was that he had an ear for God. And as we study in our first um, series, who told you? You would realize that God does not leave us without counsel in this world. In fact, that's why he told us that he's not going to leave us as orphans. You know, one of the roles of parents in your life is to give you direction. So, Many of us, the courses we are reading is because your parents told you to read that course. The schools you went to is because your parents told you to read or to go to those schools. The major decisions in your life is because your parents influenced your decision. So one of the rules of parents is to give counsel and direction in life. So he said, I'm not going to leave you like someone without a parent. I'm going to give you somebody who will be counseling you. But many of us don't have an ear for God. And that's because many of us are not deep thinkers. But because Joseph was someone who was thinking, he was able to host angelic visitations in his room. Some of you, God can be screaming to you, your ears are just blocked. But Joseph was a man that God could speak to. Can God speak to you concerning your finances? Can God speak to you concerning that boy you are dating or that man you are dating? You should be dating boys. <laughs> can God speak to you concerning that lady? Can God speak to you concerning your work? Can God speak to you? Behold, an angel appeared unto him, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So the, the eighth thing about Joseph was that he believed in the spiritual if many of us were in our rooms thinking about how your fiancé has broken your heart and an angel appeared to him, I don't think many of us would have had the composure that Joseph had. I don't really think many of us, the state of our heart would have made it possible for God to really speak to you. But Joseph was a man who believed in the spiritual. What is spiritual in our life? The word of God is spiritual. Look at the way you downplay the word of God in your life. Prayer is spiritual. Look at how non-existent your prayer life is. So for you to wake up at dawn 
every day for an hour and begin to speak in tongues, you must be somebody who believes in the spiritual. For you to wake up at all or to get secluded times in the day where you soak yourself in worship, soak yourself in praises, not engaging in activities the whole day without having time for God. You must be somebody who believes in the spiritual. For somebody who participates or somebody who gives him or herself holy to participate in church activities, to involve yourself in the building of the body of Christ, to, to commit yourself to listen to podcasts, to commit yourself to contribute in the building of the body of Christ, you must be somebody who believes in the spiritual. Many people who either believe in political parties, so they are willing to give their all for a political party. Many believe in their old, old their, their former school associations. So you see the way some people are so proud to be former old students of a particular school and they give their all to this association. See the way some people are proud to be part of an elite society in the neighborhood. There's a particular neighborhood where I go to work. And one of the early settled or those who settled in the in the in the neighborhood. He liked the area so much that he's trying to make the community a gated community. But the community is not gated. He wants to make his, <laughs> his neighborhood into a, a posh neighborhood. <laughs> he's so proud about his neighborhood. He believes so much in it. And he's willing to give his all to save a child. The reason why many of us don't give ourselves to prayer, we don't give ourselves to spiritual activities, is because we do not believe in the influence prayer has on your life. You don't believe in the influence working for God has on a man's life. You don't believe the influence contributing in the building of the body of Christ has. You don't believe in the influence of reading Christian literature book has. You don't believe in the spiritual. But Joseph was a man who did not have an ear for God. But when an angel comes, he has the disposition or the heart or the disposition of his heart is ready to receive angelic visitations. Do you believe in the spiritual? That is the eighth point. The ninth point is in the next, it's in the verse number. Yes, and look at the, before I go to the next point, look at the message the angel brought. Your wife is pregnant of the Holy Ghost. He shall save his people from his sins. And he shall be, look at all these things. Ah, like just put yourself in Joseph's shoes. An angel come to tell you, a bee. Come to tell you that your wife is part of the Holy Spirit and he used to call his name Jesus. He will save you from his sins. Hey, Charlie, you must be somebody who believes in the spiritual. You know, one of the questions I always ask is that how would a married couple imagine maybe their wife or the husband goes to church and God instructs God, please, God instructs one of them to go and give a car to the church or something like that. I'm just imagine how you tell your spirit, Charlie. God says, the, the V8, you know, <laughs> before God give you. If your spouse is not somebody who believes in the spiritual, only God knows the bone of contention that will be in the house. But yeah, the next point about Joseph can be found in the verse 24. And so then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, I believe that's point number eight, did as the angel of the Lord bidded him and took him his wife. Joseph was not just somebody who has an ear for God. He wasn't just somebody who believes in the supernatural and the spiritual, but he was somebody who obeys the word of the Lord. Look at such a cock and bull story 
you have had in your dreams. In fact, for many of us, we have said it is the bamboo we ate last night that is playing tricks. So you can imagine how angry you must have been if your fiance comes to tell you that I'm pregnant. Many people will go and soak themselves in alcohol. So you can imagine if maybe you don't take alcohol, you can imagine how angry you might have been if you are a stress eater. You have eaten sugar and cake and just been so angry. So you can imagine having such a mood that you go and sleep and in your dream, <laughs> an angel comes to tell you that your wife is pregnant of the Holy Spirit. Hey, and the Bible said, and he arose and being raised from sleep, he did as the angel told him to. Our last episode we did, what are you building on? It's not just about hearing. It's not just about believing. But all these things without its corresponding action is dead. So James brings up the argument that just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works or faith without its corresponding work is futile. You must be somebody who obeys. And honey, look for a man who obeys the word of God. Because there are times he would get angry at you and he won't want to forgive you. But if he's somebody who submits to the authority of God's word, he will forgive you. You know, one of the most sad things I don't like seeing is that couples who can stay together in the same house for about 30 years and literally they have not spoken more than three sentences to each other. I'm like, hey, how, 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 how would that be? Some of you, you may have seen such situations at home. Your father and your mother stay in the same house. They go to bed in the same bedroom, but you can count the number of times they have spoken to each other. Maybe something happened 10 years ago, something happened 20 years ago, and up until now, they are still holding on to that grudge. Wow. Wow. I pray on the first find ourselves in such a situation. But you must be somebody who submits to the authority of God's word. Because sometimes the person you love the most is the ones whose head would hurt the most. And you think you have justifiable reasons to hold on to that grudge, not to forgive the person. Sometimes the person would apologize and you'd be like, how could you? How could you? But if you are somebody who submits to the authority of God's word, if the Bible says, oh, no man, nothing but love, you look at your wife and say, honey, I owe you love. Let me pay back the love I owe you. So I have no other choice than to forgive you. You know, that's why one of the most, one of the strangest advice I've ever seen in the Bible is husbands love your wife. I don't understand that advice. <laughs> like, why would you tell somebody to love his wife? Like, what? <laughs> because what should make your wife your wife is love. But it just tells us that many husbands don't love their wives. And I'm wondering, why would you call somebody your wife when you don't love the person? I find that advice so strange. Somebody has to tell me to love my wife. Hey! Uh, it's like if I'm a Chelsea supporter, I don't see why someone should come and leave wherever his team, Arsenal fans, <laughs> or leave wherever team you, you are. Come and tell me, love your team. I find it very strange because the only reason why I'm in Chelsea is because I love my team. But you know, it's one of the most rare things to see people or husbands to love their wife. And until you choose a man that submits to the authority of God's word, you are in for a battle. But Joseph was a man who believed and obeyed God's word. So just as Joseph, or just as God chose a Joseph, may you also choose a Joseph. And 
the last one or the tenth one, you know, is the verse 25. And he knew not her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Ah, Joseph. I I don't know. I think I must really name my child Joseph because both Old Testament or both the first Joseph <laughs> and this Joseph, they are wonderful people. Hey, many of us are in the hurry to get married just because of one thing. If you know, you know. If you don't know, then I pray that God enlightens the eyes of your understanding. Many young people are in the hurry to get married just because of one thing. But this was a man who was able to subdue his emotions just to see the will of God being accomplished. So if it takes him marrying his wife and waiting for about 12 months or let's say nine months before he could finally consummate the marriage, and he was willing to pay that price. Look at the way some of us come on dating. Come on dating. It is a tag of war, not marriage. <laughs> come on dating. It is like I've put fire and, <laughs> and wood together. It is just on fire. <laughs> but this guy could marry his wife and wait for at least nine months. What a man just so that he could see the purposes of God accomplished. Ha! Ah, no wonder God changed Joseph. May you look for a man who is able to pay the price, who is able to endure the process just for the will of God to be accomplished. Look for a man who is able to be patient with God. Look for a woman who is able to be patient with God and go through the process just for the will of God to be accomplished. And just like Jesus told John the Baptist that I know I am the one supposed to baptize you, but for all righteousness to be fulfilled, you baptize me, Kate, because that is the will of God. Just baptize me. So Joseph told Mary with a challenge, you know I'm in a hurry, but don't worry. Just so that Jesus will come into this world unblemished, let's wait nine months. Ha! Ah, I think I'm considering changing my name to Joseph. What a man. What a man. A man of patience. A man of endurance, long suffering, nine months. Some people, two months into dating, uh, the list, <laughs> let me just end it there. You know, you know. No wonder God chose this man. No wonder God chose this man. And these are so far 10 things that the man of God called Joseph teaches us. But as I said, <laughs> you always learn something new. So this one, I gave you dessert. Let me give you um, something to wipe your mouth <laughs> with. So the 11 point, and I find this one so fascinating. You know, I always say this, that I just love this guy called Joseph. He was willing in quotes to be disrespected by God. Now, nobody knows where Joseph passed. After the last time we heard of Joseph was when Jesus was 12 years old and he approached him and said, ah, you have made I and your mother look for you for three days. What's up? We don't know when Joseph died. Like the Bible was so silent on this guy. And this guy didn't take offense. Like, apart from what you just read in Matthew 1, 16 to 25, the next time you hear Joseph's name is at the temple. And the next time you hear his name is when they are referring to Jesus. That isn't this the son of Joseph that happened? Apart from that, that is all. We don't know when he died. Like, we don't know anything else. What a man. What does this teach you? This is a man who is able to swallow his ego. Who is able to make himself disposable to the will of God. How many men can do this? And you know, comparing Joseph to Mary, Mary is the one that has more fans or more swag to the extent that people think 
that in prayer you must pass through Mary. Mary is the most prominent one among Mary and Joseph. Mary was the one of the cross. Where was Joseph? And historians have that Joseph died very early. And the reason why God, in quotes, allowed Joseph to die very early was so that whenever Jesus talks about my father, my father, the people would know that he's not referring to Joseph because they knew Joseph was there. And you know, Jesus continually said, my father, I must do the work of him who has sent me. My father who is in heaven. He kept referring to my father, my father, my father. And everybody knew that the father he was talking about was not Joseph. Because if Joseph was alive, they could have misconstrued the father he was talking about to be his earthly father or to be his foster father. But Joseph was just vanished from the scene. Can you be such a man that you won't be bitter? You won't be like King Saul. Should your wife be the one who takes the more prominent role? You know, many men have that issue. Many men cannot just see their wives in quotes, taking more salary than them or being more prominent than them. But look at this man, Joseph. Even though Mary was the one who had all the farms, even look at this one. The angel came to visit Mary first. Me, I'll get angry. I am the man of the house. You have come to my house, even though technically they were not married or in a more holistic context, they were not married. But if you are coming to my household, come and see the man of the house. You, you go and see my wife first. Who does that? Ah, angel. But Joseph was a man that made himself disposable to the will of God. Ah, when your wife is the CEO and you are just a government worker somewhere, when your wife is the one pulling the shots, your wife is the one shaking missions, and you are a civil servant somewhere, or you are somewhere somewhere, can you contain it? If that is the will of God, <laughs> let me add that one before I get in trouble. But look at this guy called Joseph. He never complained. Look at the way Jesus said, ah, why are you looking for me? Don't you know I must be about my father's business? And Joseph was just quiet. Hey, small boy, you 12 years old. <laughs> Where were you when we were running away from Pharaoh? But Joseph was not offended. Joseph was not angry. So you see, Joseph was not like Saul. You know, after they went to fight about him one time, and they came at the entrance of the city. The women came to meet them. Oh, women. And they were giving Saul fans that, hey, Saul has killed like a thousand. Saul has killed a thousand. Saul was okay with his fans until he heard when the women started singing that David has killed tens of thousands. He said, hey, me, the king, you're only giving me thousands. My armor bearer, you're giving tens of thousands. That's when the jealousy of Saul came up. And it said that Saul tried to or threw about 22 javelins to pin David 22 times, Charlie, to pin David. But all of that, David was dodging. If David was in an era, he'd be very good at playing tempo run or subway safari. He'd be dodging, dodging the trees. <laughs> what a man, Joseph. Can you make yourself disposable to the will of God? You see, there's a word for that. The word is called meekness. You know Moses, and Moses was the, the meekest man on here. To be meek means to accept God's allocated lot for you in life. It is very similar to humility. So if God's lot for your life is that you would be the Joseph and your wife would be Mary. If God's lot for your life is that your wife would be more prominent than you, your wife would have the spotlight than you, can you accept it? You know, the time came that the mother of James and John went to see Jesus and said, like, please, when you go to your kingdom, let my son, let one sit at your right and the other sit at my left. Then he said, hey, can you drink the cup and blah, blah, blah. Jesus made a statement that, well, James and John may be able to drink the cup. That means they can pay the price that it requires to sit at my right and my left. However, the father has reserved this seat for some people. 
So it's not about whether you qualify or not. It's about the will of God for your life. I think there's a hymn that says, oh, I forgot, I'll get the hymn, but about accepting God's lot for your life, accepting God's portion for your life. And Joseph was content with the will of God for his life. I pray for every woman listening to me, may you find your Joseph. And I pray for every man listening to me, may you find your Mary. And for the men, may we subject ourselves to the dealings of the Father, that as we will be raised up to be Josephs, we will be men that God can use. Shall we spend some time in prayer? I want to speak to God concerning the 11 things we have learned about Joseph. And start talking to God about it. The first one that obviously you must be in the basket of God's choice. You must be in the basket of God's choice. You must be in that line, the line of Jesus. You must be in that line. And we learn that he was someone. Father, help us to respect your institutions, the institution of marriage. The Bible said that the marriage bed is honorable. May we respect the marriage bed. May we respect the rules of engagement that you have set. May we be just men. May we deal to each man accordingly. May we not be biased people. May we be just. May we give to our employers, our employees, what is due them. May we give to our employers and employees what is due them. May we not cheat people. May we be fair in our dealings with people. May we not be put at seek to expose the weaknesses of people, but love covers. May we cover our men's Lord. May we cover the weaknesses of people. May we cover each other's back. May we not be like those who expose and put to shame people. In the name of our Lord Jesus, may we be men of good discernment, men of good understanding. May we be men that will think. May we be thinkers, Lord. May we not look at life on the face value. May we make decisions that are based on good judgment and deep thought. For indeed, our hearts are indicting a good matter. May we be men that have an ear for God. Ah, the Bible says in Revelation that he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Father, may we be part of them who have an ear. May we hear when the Spirit is speaking to the churches, Lord. May we be people that believe in the spiritual, believe in the supernatural. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We believe in building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We believe in Bible reading. We believe in praise and worship. We believe in the church. We believe in the body of Christ. We believe in the members of the household of God. We believe in the supernatural. We believe in angelic assistance. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we will be obedient people because we know that your love language is obedience. Father, we pray for grace that you will make the effort, Lord, to the supply of your spirit, that we will not just be hearers of your word, but we will be the doers only also. May we be people that can wait for you, Lord, that can be patient. The Bible says that for the working of our faith produces patience and allow patience to have a work in us that we will be complete and perfect, wanting nothing. Father, may we allow patience, Lord, May we allow patience to work in us. May we have long suffering and endurance to go through the process in the name of our Lord Jesus. May we be people, Lord, that can choose or that accept whatever lot you have for us. Hey, may we be people that will not allow our egos, allow jealousy, allow competition to rob us 
of accepting your will for our lives. Father, raise us up to be Joseph. May we be Joseph to our wives. May we be Joseph to our families. In the name of our Lord Jesus, for everyone who is searching for a life partner, Father, I pray in the name of our Lord Jesus that may you order our steps to our Josephs, to our Marys. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Father, I pray for everyone that is ready and looking for that that partner to go on the journey of life. I pray that may you meet us at our point of in the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, may you also raise us up to be honorable men. May you raise us up to be the better half for people in the name of our Lord Jesus. May you not just be eager to look for Mr. Right, but may we ourselves be the right people in the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you for the sweet revelation to your word. Thank you for the past questions to this life. Thank you that we have arsenals in which we win in this life. Uh, thank you for your word. They are so refreshing in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. Wow. God bless you so much for being with us. For all these, I think, 66 or 65 episodes, be praying for us and support us in any way. Tell a friend to join in and let's listen. Let's renew our minds with the word of God. Feel free to send in questions, to send in contributions, anything via our main channel which is the telegram channel by searching the household of the father or on major or almost all podcast platforms remember to give god your best and to make sure that the only thing you owe your spouse the only thing you owe your beloved the only thing you owe your siblings the only thing you owe your classmates or your colleagues is love see you next week even as we look at another study from the word of God. Bye-bye.